Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. young people, it's time. If you're going to kids' church, come on, it's time. Come on, here we go. Come on, we clap until they go. We clap until they go. We are thankful. Hey, I'd like to acknowledge really quickly as we get started that, uh, that our worship team is putting in some extra hours here last week, this week, and next week to prepare for next Sunday. So let's go ahead and celebrate what God is doing through them in advance, right? We're thankful. We are excited. And uh, if you don't clap louder, they'll stop singing, and then we're, <laughs> we're in trouble, you know what I mean? So um, I'm really, really excited for that. Uh, thank you for uh, to Jackson and the other folks who helped with the service this morning. want to just... Um, Add one one announcement that wasn't mentioned, and no one's in the room to object, so it's going to be great. Um, one announcement that wasn't mentioned this morning is that uh, if you would like to go Christmas caroling, we're going tonight at 7 o'clock. You can meet us right here. We're going to meet here in the parking lot, and we're going to walk from here. So if you're not close enough to walk to, you don't have to worry about us showing up at your door. We're not driving anywhere. We're only going to houses we can walk to from here. And there's a good group of us. There's a good group of us. So it won't just be Pastor Ray showing up at the door. So if you'd like to join in, we'll be prepared for you. You just come with your chocolate, hot chocolate or coffee in hand. It's going to be a great time, young and old alike. We'll walk and uh, we'll hit a couple of houses around the way. And we'll probably be out for about an hour. And so come and join us for that. Chandler will be there. I'll be there. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great, great time. Um, some of you may also be wondering where Pastor Charlie is this week, and so I'd like to just quickly acknowledge that Pastor Charlie is not with us this week. He is down at Watershed Church today. Um, many, many of you know, remember, Watershed is one of the churches we partnered with at the beginning of the pandemic to do online services. Pastor Eric, who is the pastor down there, his father passed away um, toward the end of, uh, toward the beginning of this week, and so um, he had to travel back home for the funeral, which is going to happen um, today, which is happening today. And so he's there doing a funeral today. So Pastor Charlie is filling in for him at Watershed today. And so that's why he's not with us. And one last acknowledgement, you won't know this because you're here in space with us, but if you weren't here in this room and you were watching at home, you would say, man, our camera looks, it's doing amazing things. And it's because uh, Claire, who is so faithful with us, um, has done a faithful job of training up one of our young people to operate the camera today. And so let's all turn around and just, Michaela, can we see your head? Can you look at us? There she is. Whoa. <laughs> Making the live stream happen. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. God is doing some great things. All right. Uh, last, lastly, um, one last reminder that we will not meet in person on December 26th. And so we are pre-recording a service for you. It is going to be one you do not want to miss. And you can watch it anytime, starting on the 26th, and you can watch it many times thereafter. But uh, when, when you watch it, go ahead and take a picture of your family watching it. 
post it up on our Facebook. Let everybody know you enjoyed the service. We've invited some friends who we haven't seen in a while. We're inviting them back in that service. And so you're going to see faces you haven't seen in a while. You're going to hear voices you haven't heard in a while. And uh, it's going to be a great, great time. You're going to make sure you get to be a part of that. We had some people who are traveling internationally for this occasion. So you're going to want to, they're not really traveling, just sending something across the, across the water to us. But, but still, um, it's going to be a great service. So you're going to want to make sure you're a part of that with us. Today we're in Romans chapter 12. And so go ahead and grab your Bibles, get them out, get them ready. Romans chapter 12, as we enter into this third week of Advent. And um, this is the final preaching on Advent because... Our next service next Sunday will be all music, and uh, there'll be uh, uh, you know a good bit of scripture read and, and music sung, but there'll be no preached word uh, next week. And so um, we'll learn about love next week, specifically through uh, through the music that we get to uh, participate in and enjoy. But here we are. We're in Romans in the twelfth chapter, in the ninth verse, and this is what it says: Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Father God, as we go forward here with your word, I pray, God, that this word would land in us, God. I pray that we would uh, be charged, be readied, and be moved to response, God. God, we're believing upon you to do something great, uh, both in our midst, but also within each one of us, Father. And then use us in a mighty, mighty way. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so this morning I want to look, uh, as, I, as, I, as I look out at each one of you, I want you to know what's happening within me. There's, a, there, there's something like bubbling up from deep down within, and it's not, like, it's not like, you know, I had the wrong thing for breakfast, right? There's something else bubbling up within, right? And, and it's leading from here in this direction, and you're going to see progressively through this, this morning, you're going you're gonna to notice that that I'm smiling a bit more, and that I seem to have a little bit more, like, pep in my step, you know what I mean? Like, I got a, like if I could jump, I could jump a little higher, you know what I'm saying? Like, Noah, I might even be able to, to, to play one game of basketball with you. I got, so much, I got so much in me right now, right? So what's happening here is that as I look out at each one of you, I am reminded. I'm reminded of the faithfulness of God. I'm reminded of God's, like, uncanny, like I could not imagine it the way he did imagination. Like as I look out at you, I'm like, wow, like God, you did that. And I'm thinking of that on so many levels. I'm thinking of that as I look around and I'm like, wow, God, you put all these people in one room. Like these people. That's wild. We got a lady on this side who's a Steelers fan. And a Jets fan. And a cowboy, I, I know there's any cow. oh, cow, mo, cowboy, like, God, you put all these people in a room, right? We even got some people who went to see the Steelers in person. Unfortunately, the Steelers mailed it in that day. But, you know, hey, it's all right. Like, God, you put us all in one space. That's pretty amazing. 
But then when you get beyond that, I'm like, wow, God, like, we got folks that are tall, like tall, tall, and small, small, right? We got folks that, that look like they would hang together all the time and folks who they might be meeting for the first time today. Like, God, your imagination blows my mind and my response is I find myself a bit joyful. I find myself a little overcome with like, yeah, God, you would do this. God, thanks for doing this. Now, I might get the name wrong, and if I do, Google will fix it later. But it was a guy who sung a song that talked about this time of year. I think his name was Bing Crosby. Is that right? And he sung a song, and he said, it's the most wonderful time of year, right? And I understand it, right? Like, we're coming off of the heels of Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving is amazing, right? Like, we, we, we indulge ourselves with way too much food, and we, we spend an entire month reminding ourselves to be thankful for all the things that happen in our lives, right? And so we, we practice praying thankfully. We practice, like, rebuking our kids thankfully. We practice, y'all, sorry. But, but we practice, like, really working at being thankful, right? And then we graduate out of Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving night, and we immediately move into this new season, which Bing has said is the most wonderful time of the year, right? And it's, we're reminded over and over again, like, this is a joyful season. Like, there's something great happening here, right? Like, all right, now, some of you don't graduate into that season until Saturday after Thanksgiving because on Friday you do your Black Friday shopping. There's nothing joyful about that day, right? And no, nobody's in a joyful mood on Black Friday, all right, if you're out. If you're out. But if you're not out, maybe you are. But if you're out, you're not in a joy. So for the rest of you, I mean, for those folks, you, you know, like me, we graduate into that on Saturday. But the rest of you graduate into this, this, this joyful time on Thanksgiving night. It just, something shifts. And you're like, wow, I'm going for thankful, from thankful to joyful. Like, I'm going to be overcome with this, wow, yes, God, you did it. I am thankful, and now I'm, I'm celebrating. I'm, I'm so overcome with joy. Maybe there's another analogy to help it to make sense. Have you ever been around someone who was pregnant? Like, per, not progressively pregnant, but you progressively were around them while they were pregnant? Like, you, you walked with them through this season of life? Maybe it, was, maybe it was a kid, maybe it was a family member, maybe it was, one, maybe it was your kid, maybe it was a family member, maybe, it was, uh, maybe it's a neighbor or a friend or just somebody at work that you, you, you watched her progress through the stages of pregnancy, right? And, and, and you, you, you heard the stories of what was happening internally, like the emotions and how they were going, the cravings for foods and whatever else happens during that time. You heard those stories, right? Do you ever notice that as you get to the end of that season, there's, there's like a switch that happens. And it, that switch is I'm, I'm, I'm tired of waiting now, right? Like leading up to it, like, woo, this is great, you know, like decorate the room and, you know, imagine the names and, you know, like what the kid's going to look like. And then we're right around, you know, eight and a half months, like oh, get the kid out, just get the kid out, I'm ready. 
Just get the kid out, right? There, 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 there's something that happens, but, but it's not like a, an angry, like, get the kid out. It's like a joyful anticipation, like, I cannot wait to hold this kid for the rest of my days. Get this kid into the world, right? That season is where we're at right now. We're in this season. I'm going to invent a word today. I'm going to invent a word. And then Wikipedia could say that I'm an inventor. I'm going to invent a word, and I'm, I'm going to take the word Advent, and I'm going to do something in the English language to make it active, and I'm going to say Adventing. Mm-hmm. That's not a word. It's not, but it is now. Adventing, adventing. So follow along as you hear that this morning and you think to yourself, oh, that's a new word. I'm going to use that. That's great. If more of us use it, it'll get traction. That'll be helpful. So this season that we're in, right, where we are, where we're waiting for the Christ and, and the growing sense of anticipation is happening is kind of the season that all of the Bible writers were in, both Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, and, and try to follow along with me on this, right? We read this morning from Paul's letter to the Romans, right? Yes? Thumbs up? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I just want to make sure you're with me. You're still here. You're still here. Some of y'all not putting your thumbs up. Did I lose you? How far back do I have to go to get you? No? Okay. All right. Cool. You caught up. All right. Here we go. So Paul's letter to the Romans, and, and, and as Paul wrote to the, to the Romans, he speaks of uh, the Christian witness being called, calling them to live out their Christian witness. And uh, it's kinda, you can kind of picture that like a modern-day sermon, like, like, okay, this is what it looks like for us to be Jesus followers. And, and Paul begins to pen these words, right? Next week, we'll focus on the love aspect of that. And the, the, the scriptures that I read, love must be, be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. We'll focus on some of those things as we sing next week. But this morning, I want to move us into the latter portion of that where he says, be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction, be faithful in prayer, and share with the Lord's people. And I think if we can follow along on that this morning, we can get this clear sense of, uh, uh, of the characterization of being a Christ follower that Paul gives. But watch this. I think if we also trace this backwards, we can find that same sense of anticipation, of hope, of longing, of waiting, of there you go, of adventing. I think we can find that same sense of adventing in the Old Testament as they longed for and waited for the Messiah, right? In the Old Testament, if, you, if this if is new Bible history for you, from Genesis all the way up through the minor prophets, they were waiting for something. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. In the New Testament, the Messiah shows up, Emmanuel, right? Emmanuel is with us. He shows up, and when he shows up, when, when Jesus inter, uh, you know, when, when, he, we, when he collides with time and we find him in the manger, from that point forward, all of the writers in the New Testament are waiting for something. They're not waiting for the Messiah to come in the form of a baby. They're waiting for the Messiah to come back again. That's right. You got it. Yeah. They, Jesus has promised that he's going to go and that he will return. And when he returns, this all changes. And so there's a sense of adventing both in the Old and New Testament. And we see that. And now we have to figure out, okay, well, in this season of Advent, while I'm waiting, while I'm adventing, how is it that I live this out? And Paul says, 
we do it joyfully. Let me ask you some questions. What are you hopeful for? What are you hopeful for? Go ahead and think of one of those, kind of like, man, I'm hopeful for this. Anybody got like a big picture one that they could just shout out? That wouldn't be, doesn't have to be embarrassing to you, just something big picture. No? Okay. I pictured somebody to say something like, I'm hopeful for peace. I'm hopeful for, you're hopeful for a fake Christmas tree? <laughs> Whose kid is this? <clears throat> All right, back to the message. I imagine every one of us can think of something that we're hopeful for. Let me ask, let me ask a question this way. You don't have to shout this one out. What are you longing for? There's a difference. What are you hopeful for? What are you longing for? What is it that you are waiting for? That you are trusting will come to pass during this season. You see, Paul's understanding of adventing is, is that we recognize that this season will come to pass. You get this? Like, when the New Testament writers wrote, they actually wrote with full expectation that they would see this season come to pass. They would see this season come to pass. As I have had the privilege of sitting with or being with folks as they drew closer to the end of their life and to the point of going on into eternity, as that time shrunk, there was a greater sense of anticipation that these things were going to pass and that what was ahead was going to be far greater, was going to be far greater. That's what's happening here as Paul writes. He, 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 he's writing this letter and he's saying, hey, this is how we're going to live it out. But in order to live it out, we have to be hopeful. We have to have our minds and our eyes affixed on something that is greater than what we're finding ourselves in right now. And so I charge you this morning as you lean forward and listen in, I charge you to be hopeful. I charge you to, to have a sense of what it is that you're longing for. I charge you to, to be patient in your waiting, but to wait with an expectation that something far greater is going to happen. Why? Because as we begin to lean in that direction, our response is much like my response this morning when I looked out and saw all of you. I was overcome in the, in, in the like deep within me, I was overcome with this sense of like, wow, God, only you could do that. Wow, God, your love is deep enough that you would express it this way. Wow, God, I, I can't help but celebrate joyfully because of what you're doing. And so I encourage you this morning, lean forward. Let me acknowledge one other thing. Some of you may be here and you may be wrestling with this time of year. This season of Advent of hopeful waiting may be difficult for you because of things that you've experienced or because of, 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 of loss that you've experienced or because of unmet expectations. I want to encourage you. Begin to pray. Pray that God will give you a new hopeful anticipation. 
pray that God, pray with a godly expectation that this will come to pass. That a heavenly peace will be waiting for you. And that there will be a strong Christian witness that, ex- that is expressed through your life as you lean to God. Let God be the one who holds this deep sense of hurt or pain or unmet expectations that you're sitting with. That doesn't necessarily make it easier. It doesn't mean that it will immediately wash away, but it does mean this. There's no one else who can. If you lean to me or to the person to your right or left, we will fail you. It is only God who can carry the weight of that unmet expectation, hurt, or disappointment. And so I want to encourage you as you lean forward and listen in, listen with those expectations. God, help me to move to be able to lay this down to you this season. I want you this morning to hear this. There is joy in hope. There's joy that is found in hope. Matter of fact, I can prove it to you right now. How many of you like you you like when things are just clearly evident? You can prove something to me. You want to know about it? Anybody? Anybody like clear, black and white? Like I want to see it, see it to believe it. Some of y'all put your like, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna show it to you anyway. I'm gonna show it to you anyway, even if that's not it's not your your learning mode. Here it is. Would you go back in time with me to the beginning of this service, to the beginning of my message this morning? I said to you, what is one thing that you are? Come on, thank you, Sue. What is one thing that you are hopeful for, right? Now, look, I know you're behind a mask, some of you, so I can't see this, and you won't be able to prove it to each other. But to the rest of us who aren't behind a mask, or to those who are, if we just kind of focus on the eyes, we'll still be able to tell. When you identify the thing that you're hopeful for, watch what happens to your demeanor. Nobody sits around like, I'm hopeful for this. Yep, sure hope God will overcome that. No, no, right? What happens is that somehow internally you can't contain it anymore when you actually live into the spot of being hopeful for something with hopeful an expectation that God is going to when you when you step into that spot your body like wakes up you know for how many people in the room are not morning people so you know the feeling you know the feeling you get like around one o'clock in the afternoon we're like, hey, good morning, right? Right? That's what happens in you. That's what happens in you. Now, for the rest of us who wake up before the sun comes up, come on, put your hands up. You know the feeling you get when you get up in the morning, you spring up, you're like, hey, good morning. That's what happens within you, right? This sense that there is joy that is found in hope. We have to allow ourselves. We've got to open the door in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives to say, God, I trust you, and therefore I'm going to be hopeful for what you will do, not what I can do. That doesn't mean I'm going to work less. It means I already know that this plus this equals this. I know that, right? I know that if I drink a lot of water, I don't sleep for as long of a period of time because I have to keep getting up. 
Like, I know this plus this equals this. Anybody identify? You don't have to raise your hand. Okay, that's all right. It's cool. <clears throat> so I get that. But God, I'm hopeful for not what I can accomplish. I'm hopeful for what you're going to do. Remember the lady on your block who was just having a devastating time? And you just kept walking past her house and you were praying? And you noticed? And you were hopeful that God would do something that you couldn't do? Remember, remember the, 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 the person who it was clear that they were growing closer to the end of life? And there's nothing you could do to fix that or change that. And you were hopeful that in their preparation to pass, that God was going to be more present with them than ever. Those are things you couldn't control. But you entered into a season of hope. God, I trust that you will. I believe that you can. This morning, hear that. There is joy found in hope. Paul says it declaratively. He says, be joyful in hope. It's a declaration. Find joy in hope. I want to encourage you this morning first to be joyful in that hope. Second thing I want you to go, go home with this morning is this. We are called to be joyful. If joy is not your natural MO, if you wake up on the opposite side of the bed on the regular occasion, right, it doesn't excuse the fact that God has still called us to be joyful. So it does mean that something in us has to shift. And the way it shifts is not by saying, I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be joyful. I wasn't joyful today. I'm going to be joyful tomorrow. It's not about this tally game that we, we keep track of how many times we were, how many times we weren't, and we try to weigh one over the other. It's actually about our heart's posture and an expectation, adventing, Trusting that God is going to and waiting for God to do what only God can do. Think about this. Paul's in prison writing letters and telling the church to be joyful. Can we think about this for a second? His situation is not getting better. He's not writing and saying, oh, I had a good day, so be joyful. No. He's saying, in spite of all of my circumstances and in spite of yours, be joyful. Be people who declare the goodness of God in the midst of what seems to be a devastating situation. Be overcome with a sense of God's imagination. God, you could do this. It's a declarative statement to be. To be. It's not a suggestion. It's not a presumption. It's not something that will come to pass. It's rather this declaration, go and be. Friends, this morning you may be struggling with that area. This declaration that God has called me to be joyful. So let me give you some practical tips that will help you move along that way. First, sit before God. 
Please don't raise your hands for any of these, but, but, but take a moment and just inventory this. Do you have a sacred place that you go? A spot where you sit and you're just like, God, I want to be in your presence. When we have family dinner, which is fairly often, when we have family dinner, there's not a negotiation for who sits where. We have seats at our table. Mom sits in her seat, and Dad sits in his seat, Isaiah in his seat, and Cadence in her seat, and Nate and Tommy in their seats. We have an expectation of who's going to sit in those seats. And we have an expectation of how we're going to respond while we're sitting in those seats. So when we come to the table, if somebody's sitting in the wrong seat, it's like, "Eh, what's happening there? Do you have a spot where you go and you sit with God? And you expect what will happen in that space? You have a hope of what it will be like when you're there? If you don't have that, you say, Pastor Ray, that that sounds crazy. Uncanny. Uncanny even. Try it. Hey, God, I'd like to start sitting with you in this space right here. And it's, it's off the beaten path of my normal day. And so, God, when I, when I come to this space, I'm going to come hopeful that you'll be here too. If you don't have that, start with that. It doesn't end there. Let me give you a couple of other steps that you might want to take if we're going to be people who are joyful. When you're sitting in your space or standing in your space or kneeling in your space or laying in your space, whatever that's going to look like with you and God. Be confessional. You know, one of the things that the Protestant church often does is it points the finger and says, like, we do this in ways that are better than folks that come out of other traditions. Let me say, we do this in ways that are not nearly as good as folks who come out of the Catholic tradition. In the Catholic church... You're taught the importance of confession. And you're taught a sense of reverence toward it. Now, it might help. The, the, the way you were taught might have forced you to be reverent in that space. I'm not saying we got to do all that. But I'm saying this. Come before God honest. God, here it is. I got a bunch of junk I'm bringing with me today, God. Yeah, maybe I got like four things that I want to celebrate, but Lord, man, I blew that one. That moment of, man, I blew that one, the shift from that to the point of celebrating in that space, joy. Your despair moves to joy because God is the one moving it along. We're simply opening up to it by saying, God, here's some honest conversation. Last step, if I, if I, can, if I can help you out in this space. There's going to come a point this week, if you take this serious, there's going to come a point this week where you're going to need to make a choice. You know, you got to respond. You're, you're, you're at the moment. I could give you a bunch of analogies. I remember the first time I was going to take Michelle on a date and 
you know, I, I got ready to go, and I was, I, you know, we, we had arranged a plan. I was going to pick her up, and, and I pulled up, you know, I pulled up to her spot to pick her up, and there was still a final choice I had to make. I had to choose to get out of the car and go wrap up on the door with a sense of like, oh, I sure hope she comes out, right? If I had just pulled up in the car, just waited, she didn't know I was out there, we wouldn't be here right now. Like this story would not have the ending that it has right now, which isn't over. Not over. You need to choose joy. Can I say that again? You need to choose joy. There's going to come a moment where you're going to have a choice, and you could choose something less than that. You're going to need to make an intentional choice to be joyful. Can you imagine Paul writing those same letters to the churches while he was in chains, having just been beaten? What if his letter just wasn't joyful? Man, my life stinks. Those people not so kind. I <laughs> wish God would fire, send fire from heaven on those guys. Be harder preaching, you know? Choose joy. Again and again, choose joy. Can I tell you some people in our midst that do this really well? I can't tell you everybody. There's a number of people who do it really, really well. I've got a good friend in this church who is a bit older than I, and uh, he has served faithfully in the military and has served faithfully here in our community and in our church. And there are legacy stories that are told about him. I watch him every day. Well, not every day. Every day I see him, which is twice a week. He comes on Tuesdays to Bible studies and Sunday morning. I watch him choose joy. Not every situation in his life is going the way we all would hope it would. I watch him choose joy. And watch this. While I watch him choose joy... I watch the joy that he's choosing become contagious to others. There is a lady in our church who is an elder, and she is, and, and I've had the privilege of, of walking in life with her for 15 or so years. To suggest that she has been tried and tested at times would be, would be a fair and yet understatement. I got a phone call from her early this season when the school district hadn't had their stuff figured out and she was in need of transportation for her daughter and there were some trying situations. And as I reflect on this now, I think to myself, man, it would have been really easy to be really, mm, at some folks. I watched her choose joy. I watched her just say, yeah, I'm going to choose joy. There's a young lady in our church who, much younger than I, and stands in front of you almost as often as I do. And uh, recently her mom went on social media and put her business out there. And uh, almost everybody, on social media at least, 
was dumbfounded by the things that she had gone through. And the reason why we were all dumbfounded by it is because every day while she was in the midst of going through some very difficult life circumstances, she chose joy. I watched her bubble and laugh and walk into a room and light it up and come into our house and watch my four kids run and jump on her. We see her choosing joy. It's a choice. This week, make that choice. Let me round out our message this morning. Last point this morning is this. Our testimony, our public witness, is expressed with joy, patience, prayerfulness, and the gift of hospitality. This morning, you've heard me talking a lot about how we choose joy. You've heard me talking a lot about how we find joy and hope. Let me end this message with giving you a very practical step for how you can express your joy. Our public witness of Jesus' love for us, which everyone around us will see in some capacity, is hitched, it's tied to our ability to express joy. My God saved me. My God did something great for me. That, that style does not communicate quite as clearly as if I stood up and jumped up and down and said, you won't believe what God has done. And now look, you might be saying, well, Pastor Ray, I'm not bubbly. I get it. We all work in that direction, right? Like, but listen to this. If we want to be expressive of our testimony of God's faithfulness, if we want to be able to stand up... is tied to our will. There you go. Our public witness has to be one that is expressed in joy and is tied to our willingness to sit patiently, to be steadfast in our prayer, but also to be willing to offer the gift of sharing. This morning, I believe that God is asking us to be joyful. He's asking us to be patient. He's asking us to be prayerful. But if you'll lean in with me for 30 seconds, I'll round it home. No, literally, lean in. Lean, lean forward. Come on, come on. Here's why. Here's why. I think God is actually asking you and me to move away from what we're in and lean in with other people. I think God is asking us to open our homes, open our, open our lives, open, open relationships. He's asking us to share, share with those who have great need, but also look around here, look around here. 
Really? No, turn your heads. It's okay. It's all right. He's actually asking us to be hospitable here. When Paul writes to the church, he says, if you want to express love, share with those who are in this community with you. He says it this way. I'll I'll read it exactly because I want to get it. Share with the Lord's people. Right? Our good friend Bev, we prayed for her last week. She lost her aunt. Right? You want to be expressive of your faith? Extend your love toward Bev. Right? You heard me share stories of folks in our congregation who are going through tough times. You want to be expressive of your faith? Lean in with them. You want to be expressive of your faith? We need a babysitter on Thursday night. Just throw that out there. I'm just kidding. We don't. We got you. We're good. We're good. God is, is doing something great. I titled this message, And All the More, because I think the more that we understand that the day is approaching, the more committed we become to being people who are saying, God, overcome me with joy. Help me to be patient, to be faithful in prayer, steadfast. Help me to share with others. Why? All the more as I see the day approaching. Because I know something ahead that I am hopeful for is quickly coming to pass. Friends, I I said to you at the beginning, I was going to create a word that I think we could, could begin to use. And that word is adventing. As we round, as, as we come to a close of our, of our uh, season of Advent, as we look to the Christ that comes on Christmas Eve, as we enjoy all the celebrations that come with it, as we, as we hear the words sung next week, as we think about love, let me say this. Be a person who is adventing. Waiting with hopeful anticipation. Overcome with joy, and communicating it contagiously with one another. Jesus, would you help us tonight, today, to, uh, to take a step in your direction in this season of Advent, to, to wait with full anticipation that brings great joy of things that only you can do. God, would you help us to, to, to lend our, 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 our hand and our mind and our hearts and even our resources to those around us who have great need? Those who are going through a time, might they never feel like they're in that time alone because they've got a church around them that, that, is, that is adventing, that is waiting with full anticipation, hope and expectation of all that you will do that is overcome with a sense of joy for what you've already done, but also for what we haven't yet seen that we know will come to pass. And God, might it be increasing all the more as we grow closer and closer as we see the day approaching. God, I can't wait. I can't wait to see more fully what you're going to do. Like a kid who's counting the days down till Christmas morning. God, I'm 
counting the days down that we can see more and more fully and clearly the goodness of who you are and the great things you're doing in our midst. To you be all the glory and all the honor and our full hope and anticipation. With joy we set forth in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing this song in response. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.